Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host, Ryan, this week, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Crofton. How's it going, man? Hey, Ryan, it goes well. It goes well. I That's feel good. like tonight is a good night. I'm having coffee way too late, as we've already established. Probably not a good idea. By the end of this episode, I might be, like, totally jacked up. But aside from that, you know, good. You? That's good. No, you know, there's. I'm pretty good. I'm doing well. Uh, it's been three weeks since we recorded, and uh, God, a lot's happened. But I gotta say, has it, it been three weeks? It's been th- well. We do a show every two weeks, and last week we missed recording because your family was ill and you stayed. Oh, uh, you were tired. I, I gotta put that in the show notes. That's true. Weeks you can write sick family here. I'll write it there. <laughs> sick family. All right. It's Keep true. Going. What's new? Uh, and you know, funny enough, you mentioned coffee and having it late. I've always been one that's been able to have like a, like an early coffee and a late coffee and have it not bother me, but the wrong combination or amount of coffee during the day. And it just jacks me up. Like I'll have too much caffeine or I'll just be feeling sick to my stomach, but like a 8 PM coffee, no problem. Just like a single serve type thing. Um, and and sometimes it won't even keep me up. Like I'll be able to still go to bed early, ten ten thirty, no problem with the coffee in my system. I don't know. Maybe I'm a I'm a freak. Or I look, whatever. I don't think you're a freak because I I often have a coffee at eight p.m. at night, and like some people look at me like I'm crazy. But when you go to the restaurant and you get a dessert or something, they'll be like, you know, you you'll be done your meal, and they'll be like, do you want um, any uh, dessert, coffee, like. They, they're offering coffee after the food is in your probably It's probably already late. So there must be a bunch of people like us mm-hmm. that have coffee, like with their dessert and stuff in the evening and it doesn't bother them. But I know like a lot of people look at me like, you're crazy. You're going to be up all night. And I'm like, Nope. Sleep yeah. is my superpower. I, yeah. And uh coffee is well, nothing. It just kind of keeps you going. It's like the energizer bunny. Uh, I love coffee. Coffee's great. But also what I love is the fact that we've been doing Extra Life fundraising. And I, I wanted to report, so we'll talk a bit more about it uh, in the dungeon section. But uh, I did my weekend of streaming. Caden and I also played some Paw Patrol, and that was the incentive to donate through Dungeon and Diapers, where every donation added another Twitch stream where Caden and I play. We did our first one. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But if you want to keep... Uh, the fun rolling, the the honor roll, Paw Patrol video game, where Caden did a very great job uh, live on twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA. You can go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan, support the kids through Extra Life. Um, donations are open till the end of December. We'll, uh, we'll remind a few more times by the time we hit December, but you know, December's next week, folks. So not a whole lot of time, but I think we've got maybe four more sessions so far from donations. So people have been super generous uh, in terms of the Paw Patrol love. And uh, we'll have more to say about Paw Patrol and Extra Life in the very near future. But Crofton, I want to know, you have a, a note here, like as you're saying, you had a sick family last oh, week. We a- had to skip a week. Interesting note. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's in the show notes. It's a sick family. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I had to, my entire, well, that's unfair. Like, it wasn't, com- like, Jesse felt really lousy. Gwen was feeling feeling lousy. 
I was pretty much all right, but Clara was really sick. She's the youngest, mm-hmm. and so 18 months, and, and 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 we went for our flu shots after after this. We were like, screw this, we're not messing around anymore. But uh, but yeah, it was just it's just one of those things where um, you know, it just it just beats the piss out of you. We're entering that season in Canada where like everybody's inside, germs are circulating, and uh, it it's tough. It's tough managing, especially um. We're at the point with our eighteen month year um, month old that it's uh, where she sleeps throughout the night, like, and we're used to it now. Like she's she'll she'll go pretty much through the night. Maybe she'll wake up one time. Well, now with the sickness, she's back to waking up four or five times a oh. night and just melting down and uh, and wanting to be breastfed constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still breast is still breastfeeding and um, and just really really upset. Uh, and I think there was some teething going on at the same time. So just not, not a, not a great scene, I guess. Last week, Ryan, we were, we were especially at the end of the week, into the weekend. It was, uh, it was rough going. Uh, but I, I have put it so far in the rear view. I forgot to put it even in the show notes. So I am glad that you, uh, you brought it to my attention. So I guess the last time we recorded this show was the Halloween episode. It would. Yeah. Funny enough. It's, it feels like forever ago, doesn't it? Well, it's because it's been like, I don't know about Peterborough where you are, but it's been like the, since the 11th of November, it's been snow on the ground here. It's pretty yeah. much been winter. Yeah. Yeah. It's been winter here as well. And Christmas is in full swing. I know our American listeners are going to be a, wait a minute. Thanksgiving comes first. But uh, there is a radio station locally that all they do is play Christmas music, and I think that started like last week. So the season has begun, and again, I, probably going to talk about that in a little bit because my every weekend I have is essentially got some sort of Christmas on it. Not gonna lie, really? Yeah, I'm not joking. Every weekend from here until pretty much Christmas, <laughs> like. What's happening this weekend? This weekend, our realtor uh, has a Christmas dinner for all of his clients, which we go to, and it's a uh, it's a large gathering where uh, Santa Claus visits and gives presents to all the kids, and there's a big dinner for everybody. So yeah, first it's usually the first Christmas thing that, that sort of pops up um, on November twenty third. Yeah, he has a Christmas. Oh my god! Well, you got to under- look. Here's the thing. I'm going to defend a realtor here for a bit. So oh fast forward god. five minutes, if or a couple minutes, if you're not into that sort of thing. Uh, smart. He's smart, right? He brings all his clients in. You know, he says, "Hey, I'm going to host a dinner. You don't have to pay anything. Just show up. Here's a bunch of free drink tickets. Here's a bunch of free food, uh, and we're going to have it the second last weekend in November." In Canada, which is a big deal because there's literally nothing going on, to avoid all of your family gatherings. So if you have such a large family that you're having Christmas like front-loaded two, three weeks in advance, which honestly, when you get married and you start having like multiple families to deal with, that happens. It starts to kind of build up. Um, How many wives do you have? Uh <laughs> That's funny. Just the one. But that's a funny remark because, yes, uh, you know, maybe maybe people with multiple wives would have to deal with them. Or... Look, here's the thing. When Ashley and I started dating, I had the same reaction you did. Why are we doing Christmas stuff in November? Why are we doing Christmas stuff on the first in the first week of December? Uh, but suffice to say, there's something going on every week until christmas it's usually okay let's play this out a little more okay so realtor realtors christmas this weekend next weekend 
next What's weekend happening? is this is actually next weekend isn't Christmas related, but it is a gathering. Ah, but okay. uh, it's not Christmas related, so there is a bit of a reprieve. But it's my father's birthday, and mm. he's not listening to this, so hopefully I didn't spoil anything. But uh, yeah, we are <laughs> we're having a a dinner of some sort, and then the weekend after that is um is the Santa Claus parade in which we go to a uh right. Ashley's family. And then the weekend after that is work Christmas stuff. Yeah, and now you're in yeah, for you're sure. In, you're, you're into in, the territory at that point. No one no one right. is fact checking that stuff, right? But yeah. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. Uh see cuz for for me, this is the year where I've kind of like I've softened, I'm being a little cynical here, but I've softened a bit on the Christmas stuff because um, I've come to terms mm-hmm. with the fact, A, December sucks overall, and B, that if it didn't have Christmas, it would be the worst. Uh, <laughs> but because it has Christmas, it's awesome. And uh, and the fact that, that um, pretty much... Like the amount of effort that goes into Christmas, and I'm talking about decorations, lights, gifts, uh, parties, and all of that, is because it's so expanded, and maybe it's expanded with my age and and and, and responsibilities and family and friends. Or, but I I think it's taken a bigger place in society. I've come to terms with the fact that cr- Christmas is December. It's not December 25th. It's pretty much all of the month of December. So, um. That means if 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 you think of Christmas as December, well then if you're if you're putting up lights in mid-November or whatever, well that's only two weeks before Christmas because Christmas now starts in December, pretty right. much. So I've come to terms with that a little bit, and therefore I'm less like like is if people are putting up Christmas stuff now and and and, and uh, like you know there's phases, but like. Think about the work that goes into Christmas. You get a whole damn tree that you bring into your house mm-hmm. and then you decorate the whole tree. Like if you were just doing that for like one, okay, let's bring it in on the 24th, put it up, decorate it, take it down on the 26th. I'd be like, what the hell, man? Like that is stupid. So, so like, uh, you know, with the amount of work that goes into Christmas, I figure, I figure like, let's do it up. Let's do it all December. And the thing is too, Christmas very much like um, what do you call it? Uh, I guess Christmas has the the New Year's week afterwards, but sure. you know how Halloween the day after Halloween it's pretty much over, and everything that was Halloween is now shit. Now, like you're yeah. like, oh, this pumpkin looks awful because it's it's November first now. You know, it's not it's, November it, has tainted it. Yes, yeah, it's it pretty much uh, it's like Halloween's over. Okay, we're done now. Well, Christmas, I feel like you know past boxing day and that sort of stuff it's 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 pretty much done so all that work that you've done i mean and you want to enjoy it so i i'm all for now i'm like november uh december go hog wild Mm -hmm. and in canada we have remembrance day on the 11th of november so that means pretty much pretty disrespectful to do any christmas stuff before remembrance day so i think that we have a hard cap there and the americans have their thanksgiving yeah it's uh you're right you're right remembrance day is uh is and i always say to ashley i say like okay the 12th we can do all that stuff um i think the only reason we put the lights up we didn't like hook the lights up to turn on every night but we hooked them up before remembrance day just so i didn't have to do it because it was forecasting snow i even put my winter tires on like three weeks early so not only am i festive but i'm prepared you know so 
I think everything just sort of came around a little earlier this year. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad I put my lights up. We didn't hook it up to the timer until probably a week after Remembrance Day. But Ashley, had wait, the your house. lights are up. Oh, the lights are up, dude. It snowed like we wanted to get that stuff done while it was still. I don't know, like bad fall weather instead of like bad winter weather, right? You know what, Ryan? I thought I was above all this, but now I'm judging you. I'm sorry. I can't help What's it. What's wrong with the it's lights like going up? You're I don't have too to early. Them. Oh, come oh, on. You're... I don't have to string them in, in the middle of winter now. Come on. All right. Fine. Let's agree to disagree. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's move on here. Let's talk about... Uh, Let's don't let's go into the dungeons. We're gonna have plenty of time to talk about Christmas. People are probably writing feverishly right now on Twitter to let us know it's too early to talk about Christmas on a podcast, let alone decorate for Christmas. We'll come back to that in December, aka Christmas. Um, dungeons wise, uh, we did talk about you know we alluded to the fact that I did my extra live stream. That was really interesting. Uh, it was basically 12 to 13 hours of video games straight, uh, all streamed live on Twitch. And we played a bunch of Heroes of the Storm and Dead by Daylight. Uh, I learned a lot about sort of audio uh, equipment and also internet outages. I'm like, my internet went out right before the stream hit. It was a huge outage in the Toronto area. So I ended up starting an hour late. So I'm kind of sitting there in my living room like, well, Ashley's taking the kids to her parents for the day and i'm sitting there just sipping my coffee waiting for the internet to come back so i can start this this live stream that i've been planning for the last couple months and uh but yeah eventually it did get started it's just it's unfortunate that they had to take all the money away from the sick kids for the time you weren't streaming that's true it is an hourly rate uh and bell uh, you know you can call bell let them know your frustration that they took money from kids yeah Um, damn you bell yeah uh we're you were not sponsored but if you want to sponsor us you could um yeah probably i mean sure i i guess like my opinions are totally for sale are they (laughs) i don't know what if christmas came calling and asked you to put your lights up early in exchange for an ad what would you do then jesus christ that would be an ethical dilemma wouldn't it be yeah bell totally cool with with you know, going with the big three or the big two or whatever, but uh, Christmas lights in November, the Antichrist. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I did my extra live stream and, and, you know, there's a couple of moments on stream where Caden and Abigail kind of popped up uh, as they got home because they're wondering, oh, what's daddy doing? Is, is he working? He's in the office. and Is he working? Yeah. Is he working? Uh, Ashley explained it to them. Uh, he's, uh, he's helping the kids and they, they, they liked the idea of it. So, so, uh, so you see there's sick children in the world and ryan mm-hmm. is right now playing some video games to hey can you guys keep it down i just got a headshot on this guy here boom uh, headshot, okay. <laughs> boom, headshot. <laughs> uh and and uh the poor children are crying they're like why is daddy so mean and, i but, don't know why the poor children are crying crofton but uh your children i'm if- yeah, theoretical children. They actually walked in while I was playing Dead by Daylight, and I'm like trying oh, my best great. not to show anything on stream that could be. Well, it's a it's a basically a glorified murder simulator with you know uh, horror icons, and so I'm just like, okay, guys, don't kill me. My kids are in the room. <laughs> don't kill me. My kids are in the room. <laughs> and they're uh, of course like, and this goes back to some audio issues. You might notice that uh, we sound a little different, is because I've been tweaking my audio setup. 
uh, but this was after a 13 hour stream. So my gain was much, much higher on the mic I have. I have a Yeti, uh, a blue Yeti. I did too. Yeah. We have, we're mic twins. We are mic twins. And what Crofton's doing right now is he picks it up and waves it around. That's, uh, that's not prob- proper audio good. etiquette. Yeah, it's probably not good. No, but it, um, it actually didn't sound that bad. But I guess when we were playing, anything I did with the keyboard, controller, let alone the kids coming and screaming their body heads off, it was... It was driving my my poor uh, co gamers um, mad. So hopefully this resolves the those issues at least. I mean, this is a podcast. If the kids ran in screaming and yelling, it would it would fit the show, but it still wouldn't make it any less sort of loud. So yeah, no, I I hear that. So for me, I've been in in the, while we're in the dungeons, I played. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I found that nothing has been sticking for me. I guess is my uh my thing and uh like uh, last time we were on the show i was talking about how i was just watching a lot of parks and rec and we continued to watch a bunch of that um and uh like we signed up now for disney plus but we haven't found time to watch anything on it really yet uh so so i haven't been uh so i've been like trying to get back into games and trying to find a, a game that i can really sort of sink my teeth into and i do think that when you have like stuff like Game Pass, or uh, which I have on PC, um, where it feels like there's unlimited games and you don't have to pay for them, mm-hmm. uh, you're paying a monthly fee and then you can download whatever. It it devalues them in a way that like I'm not trying to squeeze every ounce of juice out of them, and my patience for getting into them is much less. So like I install the outer world, uh, the outer worlds. Uh, and which seems like a game that would be totally up my alley. And I honestly tried to get into it a few times. And I just, I'm not to say I wouldn't be able to eventually, but but because I didn't pay 80 bucks for it or whatever, I'm just like, ah, uh, it's not it's not happening here. I'm not I'm not getting into it. Mm-hmm. And that happened with uh, multiple games. I was just like, oh, I'll, uh, you know, maybe I'll try this or maybe I'll try that. So in the end, I I. Um, my buddy Bo and I hadn't played multiplayer for a long time. And he, he's like, Oh, you should, you know, BlizzCon had happened and blizzard stuff was pretty popular. And the only blizzard game I really play is overwatch. And so he was like, Oh, you, you should play overwatch. So we, we, we uh, started playing that and uh, it was a lot of fun. And now I've been like sort of solo death matching uh, overwatch. And uh, it's funny because like, I understand how these lifestyle games that are kind of always there for you are like comfort food. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're in it, you're in that, in that mood of like, Oh, I, I want to try something new. There's all these games that are out there, but I see, especially with Bo, but also like with me, sometimes it's very easy to revert back to just like one game now, you know, like, or, or a series of games and you mentioned like heroes of the storm, uh, like my friend, my buddy Mike is all he plays is Hearthstone. That's his one game, and he plays it all the time. And um, and, and and I I get the I get the uh, comfort that it gives, but I'm sort of the guy that wants to always have new experiences, and I'm on sort of like an off period right now. And it hasn't been a great it hasn't been a great season for games. Like I've asked for that Star Wars game for Christmas or whatever. I can wait for that one. Sure. I think you've already played it. I'm not sure, but I'm currently working on my way through it. Uh, yeah, that seems like one that I would like. Like I look at it, and I'm like, oh, that's it. But then again, it's like I can't bring myself to pay eighty bucks for it. Yeah, it, I I ended up getting it 
on sale because I pre-ordered it during E3 and I'm, I'm playing through it now. Um, obviously with Jedi Fallen Order, I'm going to talk about it in more in depth on Gamers In, but that, that game it's, I like Star, I like Star Wars in theory. So again, I don't hate anything Star or anything <laughs> Star Wars. I like everything Star Wars, but I'm not like the super nerd or that has to super interested person that has to digest every piece of content like Clone Wars, Rebel Wars, Resistance, all that fun stuff. Nah, I, I don't, I don't need to go through that to know that I like Star Wars um, or love that's Star a, Wars. A, that's a back of the box Ryan Murphy quote. Ryan Murphy, <laughs> I like Star Wars in theory. <laughs> I, do, I do. Honestly, I like all the movies. Um, I have a specific order. Uh, obviously, the the three or you know the prequel a fallen trilogy. order. Uh, yeah, probably some might some might uh, consider it a fallen order. But uh, so by that logic, when it comes to fallen order. The story is amazing. The settings are amazing. The characters are awesome. The music and sound is really well done. Uh, the exploration is really cool. There's a lot of like Metroidvania style stuff where you have to find upgrades for yourself and your droid. But then there's this little sticking point of the combat, which is fine 75% of the time. But then there's these sticking points where the game will throw too many enemies at you or one strong enemy and then you'll die after two or three hits and then you go back to the save point. So it's very much a Dark Souls style game and I've never, ever been good at Dark Souls games. I've tolerated them. I've gotten, you know, through them. But have I really enjoyed any of them? No. So you finished Dark Souls games? No, I've I've uh, I've never finished a Dark Souls game, but I've gotten, you know, farther in some than others. Uh, I'd say Bloodborne was probably the closest to Dark Souls that I've gotten the farthest. Uh, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, never gotten very far. I'm just not good at the timing side. Of it. I'm too, you know, I'm I'm too impatient. And I feel that in Jedi Fallen Order as I go up against these enemies where I'm, I'm having to completely just ignore what are optional sections, don't get me wrong, uh, there are these bosses that'll kind of pop up and they're clearly like these world bosses sort of things where they're stronger versions of normal enemies that you'll come across. And I'm just, I'm not getting the timing right, whether it's a dodge or a block or, or a combo. And I'm just like, you know what? This isn't fun. Like I'll go from having a really great time to just swearing at the television. And then of course, Ash, every time I'm swearing at the television, Ashley comes in the room and she's like, if you're not enjoying it, why are you playing it? I'm like, everything else is so good, but there's just these like 10% of the combat is just so, it's not even the combat. It's the, it's the encounters. Like 10% of the encounters are really frustrating for, for me specifically. Patience you must have my young Padawan. Right. True. I mean, that is a good point uh, in which the game does not really tell you to have patience. It just kind of like says you died and you should go at it again. You sorry, Sam, mm. but uh, I think you dig it as long as you're not completely against Dark Souls combat. No, uh, like I don't even really know what Dark Souls combat is. I know what Dark Souls is in terms of like save systems and unlocking shortcuts back to the point. And I, yeah, I, I that's also in played there. a lot. I also played a lot of um, Bloodborne or and, uh, you know, like the co the combat in Bloodborne is just like there's a light attack and there's a heavy. It feels like any other action well, adventure game. It's the dodge. Like, so it's the combination of the heavy light for sure. 
There's more combos in this one, but there's the dodging mechanics of the precise timing and then the parrying com uh, components as well uh, and, the, and the strategic blocking, right? So ever parry in Bloodborne? I, think I don't know if you could. You're right. I don't know if you could parry. I think there was a shotgun. I think yeah, you could shoot people with your little gun at the yeah. right time, and that was considered a You got parry. like critical hits in Bloodborne where if you did enough yeah. sort of strategic damage... This one has like parrying and blocking and um, I just, you know, it's, I, I can tolerate it for sure. Because again, there's, like I said, it's 10% and most of the time I've come up across something that's been really frustrating. I've either been able to beat it on the first or second try or it's completely optional and I can just skip right past it. And it's not like Bloodborne where, uh, actually, no, I'm remembering it differently. I think it was like Dark Souls. You just had to like walk up to your corpse I'm trying to remember if it was Bloodborne or there was another. Bloodborne day. has the blood echoes, and you would you'd run, uh, yeah, you run over them, and you had to. Uh, and, yeah, but but they you... could be picked up by enemies too, and then yeah. you have to defeat the enemy that had the glowing eyes. So that was the thing. So defeating the enemy, and this you just have to hit the enemy that killed you last. And so the, I came across like a world boss so... or a, a hidden boss that I was fighting, and he was just too powerful, and I was I was it was late, and I needed to save, and I needed to get out of there, but I didn't want to lose what had built up to be a 75% towards a skill point. So I just yeah. ran in, tapped the guy and ran out. Uh, and, and I mean, the game didn't punish me for it. I, I got my you know experience back, which was nice. But yeah, I guess I, I just want to be into a game. And like yeah. that game seems like one that, that, that I might be able to get into, but it's still a licensed property Star Wars game. And as much as I enjoy it, I, I'm sure I would enjoy it. I don't feel like, I don't know if the, the immersiveness would be there for me. I, Whenever I'm doing some Star Wars, I always think like I'm playing a Star Wars game. Like I'm always thinking about the license in the back of my mind. Does that I, make sense? It does make sense. But if you remember earlier in the show when I when I made very strong cases for how much of a fan of Star Wars I was. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. In yeah. theory. In theory. I feel like this one treats the license really well. This isn't like Battlefront or Battlefront 2 where the license is literally front and center. This feels more like a great story told in the Star Wars universe using the trappings of the ending of Episode 3 and the, the time frame between 3 and 4. Um, it's very much in that framing where you are a, a Jedi that's been living in hiding and then you're yada 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 trying to force this and i don't you know, know what you know that. what frustrates frustrates me about the stories of these games sure not not just the fact that they they limit themselves always aside from kotor they limit themselves to like the the main episodes of the film in films uh to try to supplement them they always make these big deals about how these are like now canon like when the force unleashed came out i remember there was this big thing about like oh yeah okay this is now canon we're working with the you know star wars license holders this is now part of what happened vader had this apprentice and he was like crazy with the force and all of this they and it was the same thing when shadows of the empire came out on n64 and they had like a whole comic book series and they're like yeah this is a dash rendar there's many times in the past where Star Wars video games have been marketed as this is part of Star Wars canon. And then it's wiped clean afterwards. It's never really part of canon. It's none of those characters are ever, ever referenced on Star Wars, be it TV shows 
or movies. Um, So it's, it's very frustrating. And you know, as great as the graphics to something like Star Wars Fallen Order looked now, Mm -hmm. just as great as the graphics to the Force Unleashed looked at that time, at one point, they're going to look super dated. Um, And, uh, and so they're never going to really be tied that much to the rest of the Star Wars universe. So the, the game has to exist. The story of the game has to exist on its own merits and be performed. Uh, a good story on its own merits and from what uh, the reviews seem to suggest that's the case is that your is that your feeling like if you take away the star wars trappings the greater setting and store it is the story itself like a good solid um tale so far or i don't i don't think so um which i know doesn't sound very promising i think if you remove star wars you've got what appears to be a mash of Uncharted and Dark Souls into one style, one smashing of a game. But but honestly, the reason we're all talking about this game is because it is Star Wars. I think removing, having the conversation about removing the Star Wars from it, it's like, well, duh, yeah, you remove the Star Wars from it. Like, that's that's a major trapping of it. That's important. I don't think removing Star Wars is a, is a, is a fair assessment of the game. I think Star Wars, yeah, it makes... It makes the game because they've built a Star Wars game. Uh, what I find, actually, as you were describing that, a, a great way to describe the story of a lot of these games, and some do it better than others, and I think Fallen Order has been doing it better than than the other examples like Battlefront 2. What normally happens is they pick a setting, and if that setting's based around a very popular you know, time in the movies, aka 1 through 9, uh, you really find that the characters that you're interacting with are either unique to the world or unique to the world that's been crafted by the developers, and that's the sandbox you're playing in. And then as you're moving forward in the game, characters that you know and love from the movies and the television shows and stuff are kind of like passing you as you move forward in the story. So one chapter, oh, that's that guy from that movie. And then you'll come, you'll you'll keep moving forward even further. And it's like, oh, that's that other guy from that other movie. Oh, so there's fan service. And then, like and that. then they're in the rear view mirror and you keep moving. Their appearance makes sense in, in the time frame and the world that you're in uh, and the planets you're visiting. But at the end of the day, um, you're right. No one's going to be talking about Cal, the, the, the fallen order Jedi guy, uh, when they discuss in the same breath um, Solo even or Rogue One, which are technically movies that take place in and around the same time frame, right? You're right. right. Rogue One and Solo are going to be two movies we talk about 30 years from now when we talk about the Star Wars sort of franchise. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Probably not. Probably. Yeah, okay. But I still want to play it. Yes, uh, of course. It is- it's really fun. This is a seg perhaps into the diaper section sure. here uh, because it when um, there is a game that I'm playing a lot, a lot, a lot of, and that game is Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, I'm so jealous. On the Switch. Uh, and uh, when I asked you that question about sort of you removed the Star Wars, in my mind I was sort of thinking about, like, what if you remove the Mario license from Luigi's Mansion 3? And I'm not saying you replace it with a Ghostbusters license. It could be any license. It could just be like some generic characters. And Luigi's Mansion 3 does not need the Mario license in any way to exist. It's an amazing game. The Mario license and and the attention to detail Nintendo has on these type of products. And I've got so much. I've gained so much respect for Nintendo over this past year playing games with my kids. Um, 
But Luigi's Mansion is the hotness at my house right now. I have never seen my kids, and I'm talking about an 18 month year old, a 18 month old. I keep saying month year old, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and uh, and my my five year old daughter. When I get home every day right now, she's like, Daddy, I'm so happy to see you. Can we play Luigi's Mansion tonight? Like, that's pretty much always uh, what it is. And we've had some, some, and we, you know, we will generally only be able to play a, a half hour in the evenings mm-hmm. um, before bed. But we've, last weekend, uh, when people were sick, that's when I got it. I was like, we need a sick day activity. And we got Luigi's Mansion. And we had played Zelda Link's Awakening, and I was so sick of fishing in that goddamn pond. That's all Gwen wanted to do. <laughs> We'd finished the game. All she wants to do is fish in the pond. We've caught everything a zillion times. Um, and so I'm like, oh, God, we need to get something else. So I paid the shot for Luigi's Mansion. And for you American gamers, um, in Canada, games are like, what are they, Ryan? Seventy nine ninety nine. They are. Dollars? They come out to be about ninety two dollars. Yeah, it's pretty taxes. much a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. Like you're paying a hundred bucks for a video game, and this is again like I talk about the devaluation of um uh, of stuff through Game Pass and all of these things. Well, here I had just committed to spending a hundred bucks on a game, and so God knows I was like, I'm going to get value out of this game, and uh, it is funny the mindset you come out with. I'm like, uh, let's play play this i want everyone to pay attention and gwen at first was still thinking about her fishing pond um and, but then she got into it and it's she is so into it now and we've had so many fun experiences um the way that luigi's mansion works for those of you who aren't familiar you're uh you know luigi goes in the first one it was a mansion this this one is a hotel uh with multiple floors he goes into it it's possessed by ghosts all his friends get captured mm. and he has to go up the hotel floor by floor and bust ghosts with his vacuum cleaner. He sucks them in. And um, so it, it sounds like when, when I give that explanation, it sounds very much like, I don't know, an action game or something like that. It is the furthest thing from that. The ghost sequences are not nearly as numerous as I, I thought, although there, there are ghosts here, there, and everywhere. It's essentially a puzzle game. Uh, and there's a lot of puzzles. Um, uh, you have about four moves that Luigi can do. Uh, he can suck and blow with his vacuum cleaner. Uh, he can uh, he can um, shoot a suction cup on things and 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 pull things with the suction cup. Uh, and uh, he can uh, he has a side he has a clone of himself <laughs> made of pure goo. Yeah. Uh, Luigi. And you, Gooigi, and uh, you can solve puzzles uh, using like both, like you switch back and forth by clicking the thumbstick, or as Gwen and I did, you can play co-op where somebody else controls Gooigi, and that is amazing for kids just learning to play. Um, and I'll tell you uh, two reasons why it's super amazing. So number one is Luigi's Mansion operates with a fixed camera. Uh, view which i find supremely annoying it's one of my pet peeves at the game because um controlling i'm not used i'm used to the camera sticking behind the 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 character the player but controlling a camera is complicated for kids um uh, heck it's complicated for adults like sometimes i get my wife to play games she's like oh why is this all messed up you know the camera is is a sticking point i think for uh a lot of folks and and again i think uh 
you know, early early gamers, people are getting in late. Uh, they find that the camera control on the right stick can be rather troublesome. And, and with Caden, anytime you, you play a game with him, if he even touches that, that other stick, he, he latches onto it. He thinks it's, it's great, um, but not in the context of what the developers want you to use it for. He just thinks it's cool to watch the camera go wonky. But um, So the, the yeah. fixed camera is a huge plus for kids yeah. because they, they're able to walk around. And, and, and it's also great for two players because, um, you know, nobody's screwing around with the camera. It's perfect, right? But the other great thing is that if you double-click the thumbstick – um, Guigi will go retreat to Luigi's backpack. So, for instance, Gwen really likes adventuring and exploring and solving puzzles. But when a ghost comes to fight or something, she's scared shitless. Not really, but like she doesn't want she doesn't want to fight the ghost. And th- those are much more complicated controls. Sure. Um, it, it's one thing to walk around a hotel and look and try to figure stuff out. It's another thing to sort of fight the ghost. But she can just double click and immediately shoot into my backpack and then I can clear the ghosts and then she can come back out. And um, it's fantastic uh, in in that way. And the, the whole game is so well crafted. Like every floor of the hotel is differently themed. Like the first floors are hotel-ish. Like one's mm-hmm. the dining hall, one's like uh, condos, one's a theater. It, but then as you get higher and higher, it's like, you know, one is a castle and it's like, huge inside another one is like an egyptian themed or another another floor is a guard a giant garden gone crazy um and uh, it's so cool like each one we're always eager to see what's the next floor each floor has a boss and all that uh and yeah so it's been really great and one thing that is funny and i saw an article on kotaku about this there there is a floor and i don't want to ruin it but uh but there is a floor uh with Uh, a movie studio on it and there's the ghost there is like a director ghost and he's you kind of get introduced to the boss of the floor every time you go you you come in and uh the whole floor is really cool like it's all these studio lots and they're all interconnected and you bounce you take an object from one and bring it to another and solve all these puzzles it's really it's it's one of the best levels uh i think but normally at the end of these levels you fight a boss but in this case, the guy, um, the ghost, is sort of like, "Hey, um, this was a really great movie. I've because he's filming you and stuff. I'm going to go edit it now." And he goes into his editing room and he starts editing the editing the movie. And so you can go in the room and you can see him editing the movie. And uh, and unlike other bosses where you fight them, he just stays there and minds his own business. So I go into the room. I see him editing. He has a health bar or like a number that says that he can be captured over his head. And so I was like, sweet deal. I'm just going to suck him up. So I just grab my vacuum cleaner and I suck him up. And my daughter turns to me and is like, daddy, what are you doing? And I, I, I'm like, uh, busting ghosts. And she's like, he was a nice ghost. And uh, you I was – I was like, yeah, I felt so bad. And then, like, uh, if you look up the Kotaku article, it's like uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 gives you ethical dilemma to whether to bust ghosts or not. And I'm like, they didn't have a five-year-old that was traumatized sitting Mm -hmm. next to them. And she asked me all night, like, I'm tucking her into bed. And she's like, Daddy, why did you suck up that ghost? (laughs) And and I said, ghosts don't belong in our world. Well, I was just like, well, you know, he's the boss ghost. I just thought, and she's like, he was just 
making his movie. And I said, uh, yeah, uh, you know what? And I just copped to it. I'm like, I made a mistake. Oh. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have sucked up that ghost. He was a nice ghost or whatever. Um, you know, like, uh, and she's like, and she touched my arm and said, daddy, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And I said, thanks, Gwen, I guess. And, uh, and, <laughs> wow. uh, but she makes me go. Um, so one of her favorite parts in Luigi's mansion, there's a gallery where you can see the ghosts that you've caught. It's in the lab. Um, but when you check the gallery, Luigi will stick his vacuum in it. And it looks like he's, uh, I think it's just an animation. I don't think he's actually, but it he it looks like he's putting pumping all his ghosts into it, like the Ghostbusters put all their ghosts into the the ecto containment facility in mm. the fire station, and so um so Gwen loves that sequence, like she loves seeing the guy Luigi sticking his thing and, and and all the ghosts get uploaded, and before we can quit the game, she's always like, Daddy, we need to go store the ghosts, you know. As that's it's one of her favorite parts but she makes me check on the the film producer ghost all yeah. the time just to make like, sure he's okay she, yeah is he okay in there can you check so i go through and of course he's always there and just doing his film stuff in the so containment nice, yeah. thing so he's in a better yeah. place you have to explain he's it, in right? a better place uh where all the ghosts go so Luigi's Mansion 3, huge, huge recommend. I feel that we'll be done it next time we record this show. Uh, Gwen wants to play it every night. We're looking forward to playing it this weekend. She's scared to fight the boss, King Boo. Uh, but, um, but yeah, very, very great, well-crafted game. Control's a little wonky. Camera's a little wonky. But aside from that, like it's like a 10 on 10 game marred by a, a couple of little things that would bring it down. Uh, a little a notch but it is absolutely perfect for playing with kids four to five to six like when i was looking for a game earlier in this this show like what's great to play with kids this this is a a, a banger so to speak although it's got you know like com it, you know maybe some kids could find it scary well, it's very comical but that was going to be my question is so caden and i we watched um uh klaus or claws uh one of the new it's a new netflix animated movie and i and, we, and i really liked it it was really good and eventually caden you know warmed up to it but there were some moments early on in the film where the character of of claws is is a, is sort of portrayed as the um the weird old old man you know in the shadows type thing where he's misunderstood and there's just a lot of like you know Supposedly. They play ominous music. Yeah, and stuff ominous. Like that. Yeah, like thunderstorm, lightning, that sort of thing. Doesn't speak. You know, he's in the shadows. So that kind of freaked Caden out. So I mean, when with Luigi's Mansion Three, I'm really stoked to play it. I love the franchise. Uh, I've obviously just been sort of swamped with other games. You know, um, you know, we talk about you know uh, the Game Pass and how much time it would take to play everything that comes out for it, let alone the games that, that look appealing. Uh, but for me, I've kind of, I've kind of been pulling myself in, in two different directions where I look at game pass and I'm like, I really want to play outer worlds. Uh, I really want to play, you know, Pokemon sword. I really want to play Jedi fallen order. And Luigi's mansion three is probably the better game of all of those. Yet it was the one that fell through the cracks, even though I'm such a big fan. I love next level games. Uh, they're a Canadian developer, so again, bonus points there. And I just, uh, I worry though, because Caden is very, he's not scared, and it doesn't affect him in the middle of the night. Like, he won't remember and get f be afraid of, like, ghosts or ghouls or whatever. 
but I feel like he might, he, he has that initial shock value when he sees, you know, you know, spooky things. So I'm wondering less about the ghosts. Cause I know the ghosts look very comical and, you know, once you sort of light things up and start, you know, sucking them into your, your vacuum, it, it kind of works out in the end. But my, my question is like, is the atmosphere and the consistency of the atmosphere and, and how long it sticks around in a, in a dark tone. Um, that's my real question. Like if it, if it starts dark and ominous and then, and then after a few seconds, like it kind of lights up in a, in a, in a fresh way, I suppose, where Caden's not like completely stuck in that sort of like shock. Oh, there's ghosts, you know, I'm wondering. The, so it's a good question. Uh, the beginning starts, uh, re- like it, it's it's one of those situ- haunted mansion situations where the the family comes in and they're all really happy. So everybody's invited to the hotel. Mario, Peach, Toad, it's all very sunshine and rainbows. They're mm-hmm. in a they're they're in a bus. They arrive at the hotel. They're greeted and and like you see you can see like things look maybe a little bit a little bit wonky. But it's not until they go to bed where where then everything turns turns crazy and then then there is like i would say a, a bit before mm-hmm. luigi gets his vacuum cleaner before all of this where like he wakes up and now it's dark they're they're making it like a thunderstorm outside and it, it and and it's pretty scary like everybody's gone missing and then mm-hmm. you walk to the elevator and king boo appears and he's like i've captured all your friends and ah. luigi runs so runs away um and, and from there they you know um they they try to they try to make it like it's become spooky. Oh, it's haunted. Hmm. That lasts until you get the, the the Ghostbuster pack, and then pretty much from that point, you feel kind of empowered and and. Yeah. Uh, but but honestly, there is that curve there, and I would be I would become I would be careful. Um, you know, it may it may even be a matter of like playing the intro yourself, and then just having. Caden start watching once you've met the professor and have your backpack and all that sort of stuff. I, th- I think so. Um, I think he'd dig everything else about it because he, he, he likes, he likes games. He likes playing games. Obviously not much trumps sort of the, the sort of Paw Patrol time when Abby naps, but sometimes I am able to, you know, convince him to, you know, play a game with me. We were playing Pokemon. We booted it up and he was sort of, I mean, he was he was helping me name the Pokemon. You know, I'd say, okay, what are we gonna name this like dog looking one? It's like, oh, we'll we'll call him Zoe. It's like, all right, perfect, Zoe. And I was like, okay, there's this owl one. What do I name it? Oh, I don't know. Let's call it Owl. It's like, okay, well, I mean, kudos for creativity. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, you're off. Po- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the assistance, but um, how's that? How's that Paw Patrol game? So yeah, the Paw Patrol game. You know, we. As I said, we played it for Extra Life. Caden and I, we did our first session. It's on twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA if you want to check it out. I got to say, this is the first kids, you know, video game I've played that's strictly tailored to kids. It is a licensed Paw Patrol game. Um, and Caden, if you watch the, the Twitch stream, he played 95% of it. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't even touching the controller majority of the time. He was holding the controller. He was controlling the pups. He was pushing the buttons. And I, and I have to say the best thing about it is that the game is constantly prompting the player to do something in a game targeted at adults. That sounds super duper frustrating. However, for kids to have their favorite character like Ryder or Marshall constantly say, push the A button to do this. 
don't forget to push the A button to do this. And and to me, it's just like, well, Ryder can tell you to push the A button countless times until you push the A button. But dad doing it, that's annoying. Ryder doing it, that's part of the experience, right? Right. So he really latched onto that. And, you know, he'd get a little frustrated if he missed like a collectible or something in which I'd, you know, help him sort of turn around and grab it. But for the most part, he was playing himself and he was doing just fine. And we played for about an hour. Uh the mechanics of it are, are basically like very rudimentary uh, sort of platforming. But, but I really, you know, the difference in conversations that we've had about, you know, us playing the game and sort of giving minimalist activities to our kids to complete. This is the opposite where you're handing over the controls to your kids and they are playing and you're sort of taking the back seat to assist when necessary. Um, and that was such a surreal experience. I mean, it's Paw Patrol. Like, it's not anything that oh, I can't wait to see the ending. But uh, Caden was really, really into it. Um, it helps that it's Paw Patrol because he's a big fan. But, um, yeah, the game's... Uh, I wouldn't say it's a game of the year or anything. It's Yeah, no, but it does what it's there for. It's I serviceable. have to say... I I really appreciate like like lo- all the little design stuff with Luigi's Mansion mm-hmm. in terms of like I'm like kids could play this game like there's a lot of it that uh, that I I really do appreciate more now as a as a parent than I did there was a time like when I worked for Nintendo um, in around the launch of the GameCube like 64 was still out and. Uh, and, and Nintendo was not cool. PlayStation was cool. Sure. People, people were like, oh, yeah, like, this is where all the shoot, you know, all all the adult-themed games came out. And, and, like, you know, with the release of the PlayStation Classic, I think everybody recognizes that they did not hold up. In the N64 games, a couple of them did actually hold up. Um, uh, and, uh, and so Nintendo, even at that time, was making very very high level of quality and uh i i appreciate that a lot more now than i mm-hmm. did um than i did when i was younger and stuff i uh it's definitely it, in previous generations not the switch generation it had been quality over quantity now with the switch and having good third-party support they have a lot of both so it's it's pretty uh, pretty awesome like the switch is becoming like my go-to uh, system with the kids like it's just cool. like re- we're gonna finish luigi's mansion and then i'll you know i don't know what it, it'll I, i've never played a pokemon game before but like i hear the maybe maybe this pokemon sword and shield we'd look at and and it seems like it might be a neat thing um to play I, through so maybe i think uh where pokemon sword and shield have a have a winning attitude for ga- for kids is that there are so many different pokemon that you can find in the world. And and this one is an embarrassment of riches in the sense that the world feels very alive. Whereas in other Pokemon games, you just walked from person to person and in the long grass, you didn't see the Pokemon in the real world. They only appeared like in battle. And this one, they're like walking through the streets and they're sort of like, you know, there's a bunch of sheep Pokemon in this like, you know, this, this village. And it's, um, it would be a good next step. It is a it's a more advanced game and it's a longer game, so you're not going to be able to go beginning to end. But it would certainly provide a lot of content uh, for you to enjoy with with 
with Gwen. I think she would dig it. And honestly, it's one of those ones, it's a very choosy game. So again, like just picking Pokemon nicknames as an example. But you could also say like, what move should I use? Uh, you know, which Pokemon should I switch to? Um, yeah, should I, get, I catch I, that Pokemon? That sort of thing. That's cool. A lot of engagement with... The thing uh, in Luigi's Mansion I forgot to mention is the collectibles. Uh, because one thing I recognize with kids, it, it, I saw with Link's Awakening and now I'm seeing with Luigi's Mansion, is we're going to squeeze every ounce of juice out of this sucker before we sure. put it down. And that's that's a good thing. But it wouldn't be like if I was playing it by myself, I wouldn't be looking to catch all the hidden ghosts or get every jewel on every floor. That's like there's five jewels a floor, um, but they're all like puzzles to find them and they're very intricately hidden. But uh, it's really fun with kids because Gwen finding the jewels is almost like that's her biggest thing. Like she enjoys that the most. Right. Um, so uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, in- interesting. The I, I just want to add one thing. Um, we did watch one thing on Disney plus and mm-hmm. um, when the Aladdin movie came out this year uh, in theaters, I, I made, uh, like I was telling Gwen, I was like, "Hey, you should watch. We should watch this Aladdin movie, but not the one in theaters, like the cartoon one." And it was not streaming anywhere. It wasn't. You could not find it. And Disney had put it in the vault as they are wont to do. And um, so now it's on Disney Plus as, as well as everything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, "Oh, Gwen, let's watch Aladdin." Okay, so. First off, she loved. She really liked Aladdin. Second thing, Aladdin is way scarier than I remember. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the opening of it should have been a telltale thing, like the um, the Cave of Wonders speaks all ominously to Jafar, and like one of his goons gets killed by the cave and all. But the ending sequence, Jafar, uh, you know, turns into a giant snake and all of this stuff. So that was a. Uh, that was not my best call ever and uh, led to nightmares and uh, bad sleep. Oh, no. For the... So just be careful. I guess it's like be careful. Maybe like if, if you have – if you're with your kids and you're like, oh, I love this movie when I was a kid. It's like when when did you see it? When do you remember seeing it? Like for me, Aladdin, I was like – I was probably 10. You know, I probably was like – I wasn't I wasn't five. Uh, and so, uh, so it's it's – it's good to sort of do your homework before like because Disney has like for the old movies, they have a little thing. It's like this movie may not be culturally sensitive anymore because there's a bunch oh. of racism in their old shit. Right. But but they're not going to say like this movie is too scary for your five year old or whatever. You kind of have to do that. Do that research yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as one last aside on the Disney plus Aladdin thing, it looked amazing. Like oh. the fork, the 4k up all of that they did. It looks so good. Like so good that I'm like, I can't believe they did a remake of this movie this year. This movie is look like, it looks amazing. So uh, kudos on the Disney plus people for making movies look super cool. Yeah. I'm contemplating uh, getting Disney plus, but m- mainly for, the Mandalorian and probably looking at mid maxing to kind of start watching as soon as it, you know, I could just sub for a month, but for the kids, I, I really would like to watch. We watched uh, Aladdin on Blu-ray cause my brother bought it when it had come out of the vault. 
Maybe really? for its so when, your younger kids than my kids have seen Aladdin. Uh, yeah. Well, Caden, uh, you're right. These the beginning's kind of spooky, but he he sort of caught on. He likes the music, and and my next one was like, I wonder. I'd really like to watch The Lion King again, but I know that one has kind of a dark beginning as well, where well his father is killed pretty gruesomely, and uh, I wonder if there's just a way to kind of like fast forward to that bit or say he's fine he's just he's running with the gazelles or whatever i don't know it's what you said about that christmas movie it's it's the way that they um and and disney's great at this like the uh, building tension they use music they use like like you may remember the hyenas in the lion king and it's like the way it's shot Mm -hmm. everything it ramps up emotions and kids are, are so like their emotions are so close to the surface. Like I was watching Gwen and like, I could see like, I, I could see her sort of, you know, curl up a little bit and I put my arm around her and I'm like, you know, I, I could turn this off. And it's so funny because they don't want you to, they want to see everything, even though it's scaring the living hell out of them, you know? Um, yeah, no, but, I, I feel but, you for sure. I, I think, uh, I think, you know, it, like, that's the same thing with Caden. Like, I'm like, do you want to shut, do you want me to shut off this movie? And he's like, no, 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 I want to see where this goes. Cause, you know, I just said to him, it's like, you know, spoiler alert, it's, it's Santa, buddy. It's a Christmas movie. Like, he just, they're just, they're trying to build some tension. But uh, I really liked, uh, you know, Klaus said, and I think this is the second time someone's, you know, talked to me about Luigi's Mansion 3. And yes, I'll probably pick it up in the near future. Uh, I'll probably. It's a good game. I know it's so good. Jocelyn, uh, funny enough, Jocelyn, my co-host on the Gamers Inn, she picked it up uh, and has just devoured it, similar to how you and and Gwen have gone through it. So uh, it's a matter of when, not if. Same thing with Disney Plus. But uh, that's going to do it for show. I want to close out with some feedback we got from Neil via Twitter. I want to thank Neil for the shout out. Someone had put out a, you know, what what podcast are you listening to? Tell me why. And he gave a shout out to Dungeons and Diapers. He said a great couple of dads talking about the balancing act of family life and nerdy entertainment. Highly recommend. So thank you, Neil, for the shout out on Twitter. Crofton. Thanks, Neil. Yeah. Thank you, Neil. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, you can go back to, to, to busting. That makes you feel good. And I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go see if I can find maybe 15 minutes to boot up Star Wars again, but that's gonna do it. Visit us on the web at tgistudios.com/dad. Email the show dad at tgistudios.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at r murphy and Crofton at Crofton Steers. And that's uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye everybody. Bye reason, Ryan. Goodbye. Crofton.